0: It's Thursday night, 8 p.m. You know what that means. It's your Big Gold Belt Wrestling podcast live and on the air. We got lots to get into this week. A packed weekend of wrestling last weekend between AEW, WWE, and even NXT. We're going to have to say what we were into, what got our attention, and who won the weekend in the end, in addition to a whole bunch of other stuff because people lost belts, people's streaks ended, and someone is definitely back and maybe has a split reaction to how people are receiving the news of his return all that night now yeah, more tonight under a big old belt wrestling podcast we'll be back in one sec Everybody, Thursday night with your big gold belt wrestling podcast. We got most of the crew here this week, and we are glad to have you here with us. It's me, Will, with Silly Sellers up at the top of the screen across from me, Giant Crab down below, and Damien in the Lone Star State. Gentlemen, how is it going on another fine Thursday night with all y'all? Good, good, good. It's going good.
1: It's going good.
2: Lots to discuss. Lots to discuss. <laughs>
0: definitely lots to discuss a packed weekend last weekend of wrestling and we're gonna get to that in one second because we're gonna quickly touch on to old two James wanted to make sure that we touched on it being premiere week for dark side of the ring he had a great preview this week of the uh premiere episode that dropped Tuesday night on vice and also an interview recently with the creators of the show. So they're really getting the word out about the new season starting. And this week things kicked off with Chris Candido and Tammy sitch and their sorted story of rise and fall in the wrestling business. And Damien, I know you checked it out. I also did it just premiered two days ago. So a lot of folks haven't got to it yet, but to quickly, uh, kind of touch on the premiere episode lord knows dark side of the ring gets crazy a lot of times Mm -hmm. with a gritty nasty you know dirty underbelly of wrestling tales (laughs) well put And i got kind of all that in uh this week's story with uh chris candido and tammy sitch personally i think a lot of people were expecting that Uh, going into it i was way more excited to see the rise of chris candido in the nineties when he was like NWA champ for a bit, the ECW right. run, all that kind of good stuff. Like the, the, the early days in smoky mountain, all that good stuff when they were young and just got a break in the business very quickly to say the mm-hmm. least. I mean, like they got into like, you know how Tammy got picked up like in smoky mountain with Chris, like pretty much like right out of high school. It, it's kind of wild how quickly they were able to get their foot in the door, especially back then when things were a lot harder to get into, but they right. managed to do it one way or another. And um, I don't know the, the, the second half is kind of what it is with. I think most people are that are watching this. you right. Familiar with the state of a uh, Tammy sitch and her in and out of jail uh, <laughs> last few years, despite being a WWE hall of famer and her, her uh, sorted incidents with the law. But, um, yeah, it just, it was a tough watch. I think that's the, I think that's the main takeaway from it from a lot of people is like a tough watch, but the front end of it at least had like, you know, a feel good wrestling story to it before just, you know, the business just kind of the nineties were a rough time. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Damien,
2: you you went, you're not kidding about the nineties being a wild time. Um, (laughs) I put this out on Twitter yesterday, and I, I won't spoil it, but I, I, I said, just finished watching it, wow, dot, dot, dot. I mean, mm. wow, sad. So we hear all the stories about how sad the second half, like you said, Will, was with both, you know, Tammy as well as Chris. But well, I didn't know it was like that. You know, I didn't understand – Maybe because I was younger when they debuted, you know, when the, when the Body Downers came out in 96, mm-hmm. I still believed as a fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so knowing what Chris went through, knowing that he did have natural talent. And then we talk about the, the midpoint and the ending and it's uh, – I can sum it up real quick for, for Chris's side. Love makes you do stupid things. <laughs> really, really stupid things. And on the other side for Tammy, you get a little bit of success and you let it run wild, it will ruin you. Yes. And, and that is basically how I'll sum up my viewing points and I'll let everybody watch it and then we could talk about it again, you know, in detail. But just sad. Such promise ending the way it did for both parties was, you know, we always talk about unfulfilled potential. Mm. That was Chris Candido. And, and, 30,
0: 33. When he yeah, Not and finding his all. way,
2: he found his way in TNA of all places at the end of it all. So, it's a shame. I loved him in ECW when he was part of the Triple Threat. I loved him in ECW, but that's how it ended.
0: Yeah, t- a, t- a tough watch, but also a, a good watch. I mean, for yes. pa- kind of par for the course for Dark Side of the Ring. But uh yeah, season premiere this week. Next week, they're doing a uh, Magnum TA's Car Wreck, which, oh, God, for oh, 80s yeah. wrestling is a huge story. And another... Story of potential and what how stuff can get taken away in the blink of an eye, so yeah, we'll probably be talking about that one next week too. But also, yeah, real quick, well, yeah,
2: real fast, I know Cornette gets a lot of flack online, but if you watch this episode and you listen to Jim Cornette talk about both of them mm. from when he met them, when he worked with them, when he got them the break in WWE, there is a feeling of betrayal that he's echoing in his voice when it comes to Tammy. And
3: -hmm. when he
2: talks about Chris, there is so much reverence. And, you know, uh, Jim hates talking about current day wrestling, but he loved Chris Candido's work rate and Chris the person. And you can tell how, how heartbroken he was when describing it. So if you want to see a humanistic side of Jim Cornette that the internet doesn't really see, this is a great episode to see that in.
0: Yeah, no, no character uh, BS, no gimmicks being worked there. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Wild stuff. We will probably be talking more about the season as it goes on for about 10 episodes to come. Of course. So let's switch gears and get to this past weekend because it was a packed Eesh. weekend that we talked about Eesh. on last week's show. So we had three major shows in addition you know, tons of our stuff happening in the world. But the three major shows of the weekend, WWE Night of Champions, double or nothing from AEW on Sunday and that was also going up against NXT Battleground and there ain't no way to touch on all this stuff because there was a lot going on so let's get big picture let's uh I'm going to get the ball out of my hands right away silly my man <laughs> across from the top of the screen to me yes yes um takeaways from I guess what what, what of the weekend that you saw what made the biggest impression on you? And then overall, I guess the other big question we're gonna to get to as we go through this, guys, is who won the weekend? Because we had three different shows here and they were very different shows. So I'll throw to you first biggest hottest stuff, I guess biggest things that you were like, oh my God, in the wrestling weekend.
1: So I, I'm gonna give two people as a tie here, and and one is a huge, you know ally of our show and one is this continued person that we talk about over the year um the way that they're continuing this i'm gonna call it three year story now and i'm taking it back from COVID year and just the rebuild of what Roman Reigns is today and how it started in COVID when he aligned himself with Paul Heyman when he returned. And if you could have told me, three years from that first image where you saw Paul Heyman on the couch with Roman Reigns of where he is today, I never thought it would be like this. And this is the greatness of long-term storytelling that's going on in wrestling. And I even had a conversation with my wife yesterday who works in the industry, in the entertainment industry. And of course, as we all know, it's a writer strike going on. And I literally said this to her today. I said, are WWE writers under the guild? Which I knew they probably weren't. But when you think about the storyline writing that's going along with this story of Roman Reigns, somebody needs to hire somebody at WWE for what they're trying to script. For him, from his facial reactions in the ring to the to the action that's going into the ring and the story that's being told in the ring, I think that's a huge thing. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give it to Donovan Dijak. Dijak had a great performance uh, on NXT this past weekend, and that match was brutal, but to me, that was probably one of the greatest matches to rebuild his character as he came up to WWE on the main roster, didn't work out with the character, let's bring him back to bring up what he really is, turn it up a notch, and let's see what he could do, and what he did in the ring even though he lost, I think it was great for him. It was great for his opponent to try to build him back up to be one of those top muscle heels in WWE that they've been missing mm-hmm. for a long time. So I gotta give it to those two as a tie. Those are my two favorite things. But just to give it to Saudi Arabia, in my opinion, that felt like a pay-per-view or a premium event for the first time instead of a premium house show. I gotta give it to the Saudi Arabians uh or Saudi Arabia just for hosting a fantastic event for Night of Champions.
0: There you go. We have yet to hear from the giant crab Jamal tonight yet so far. So let's get him in here next thoughts on the weekend of wrestling last week.
3: Uh, well, the biggest question, of course, over the weekend was uh, who would shine, who would uh, you know stand atop the weekend because there was so much going on in such a short period of time. And I think as I suspected, uh, Dragon off versus Dijak did not disappoint Uh, you know, it was interesting to see uh Jade finally lose um, you know, her belt, which was I don't like the way they did that because it kind of oh, she's 60 and oh, so what? And then you know, that was kind of quickly disposed of, and then now we moved on to a new uh, a new champion. It would have been interesting to start that build to maybe a, a special episode of Dynamite in a month or. Uh, hell, even for Bitten Door. I mean, it would have been cooler. I mean, granted, yes, Statlander's back, and if you're a fan of her, it's cool. But it would have been interesting to see um, maybe somebody from Stardom come over and challenge for the uh, New Japan belt, build that up for the rest of the month, and then have Statlander debut it for Bitten Door. Um, but you know, they did what they did, and that was that was the thing. Uh, and then, of course, the um, the situation in Saudi Arabia. Uh, Trish Stratus still, still got it, um, which was not as surprising as I thought it would be, but you know, just like riding a bike, and uh, you know, Roman Reigns, you know, love him or hate him, and personally, I don't know what else they go, where else they go with the story, um, and everything, it's like the Fast and the Furious movie, <laughs> just where you think it should end, and it should have ended five years ago. Yep. There's something. There's another wrinkle. There's another thing that 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 keeps you interested. And you go, okay, all right, you got me for another year. Let's see how this goes. So, I don't know what they do, but that's also what we talked about last week too. Where it's just like, well, now that we're starting to see uh, the wrinkles, now that we're starting to see some of the cracks form in the armor, you know, is who steps in, you know, whose moment is gets created Uh, when you have something like this happen. And I thought that it was, you know, overall, it was just a good weekend for, you know, just wrestling on TV. And I'm sure the indies absolutely did their thing. And I hope that you guys went to a show last weekend. But just in general, um, you really couldn't have gone wrong. Um, the NXT show was a very good NXT show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the pay-per-view um, out there in Saudi Arabia was a show that you should have watched but didn't need to. But you're glad you did if you watched it. And then, of course, uh, you know, Double or Nothing was fine. Arguably the weaker of the three, if you had to stack them in order. Um, But there were definitely some highlights from them. But then again, that's what we suspected going in, as we all call Double or Nothing the lame duck pay-per-view, as people are looking more forward to Collision, uh, more forward to Forbidden Door, more forward to the rest of the summer. So everything surprisingly lived up to expectations, which... Which, which is fine, which was absolutely fine. I didn't expect much from Double or Nothing. I didn't get it. The next T show was expectantly good, which is fine. And the um and the Saudi pay per view was a decent Saudi pay per view. So, more of this, please. Not mad
0: at it. Yeah. It's hard to complain when at least things are delivering. You know, at least things are clicking in some way or not. Damien, get in here. Thoughts on the Battleground <laughs> Double or Nothing Night of Champions weekend. <laughs>
2: So, so I'll go a little bit of the other way when it, when it comes to the, the surprise. Uh, for me, it was Tiffany Stratton finally winning the women's championship. And y'all know in the chat, I'm not a big Tiffany Stratton fan. I think it was too early for her to win a title. But then again, when you look at the division, you didn't want to give it back to Roxanne. Cora Jade is a heel in and of itself. She, does, she doesn't really need the belt. And Gigi and JC fought in a cage. So, you know, at NXT. So I'm not a fan. I'm sorry. She's athletic. She's great. Just doesn't do it for me. I'm not going to bash the girl. She comes from a bodybuilding and and gymnastics background. Kudos to her. But what didn't surprise me was two things. And we'll talk about one of them later in more in depth. But one of us on this panel said, Oscar should win the the title uh, against Bianca. (laughs) One of us said that and said that overseas was the best time to do it. And uh, I was proven right. And that's why on the group chat, I literally said, bingo, that made it happen because he called it. <laughs> but also how bored I was with Double or Nothing. I was legitimately bored watching it to the point where I walked away. I know Jamal talked about last week, like, I'll go here, watch baseball. I'll go walk away and make dinner or do something. That's what I did. I walked away and started making dinner because and meal prepping for the week because I was just not captivated at all. I think when I finally came back on when Wardlow tried to springboard onto the, the ladder and realizing that's a big boy and he shouldn't be doing things like that, and knocked over the ladder. And I'm like, okay, great. And then seeing how uh, the Soraya, Tony Storm, uh, Jamie Haderall thing played out, she's legit injured, get better. The thing that I couldn't stand was the main event. I said, oh my God, these camera angles. Who's doing this? Kevin Dunn? Like <laughs> the amount of times they missed action just to go to something that was more electrifying, pun intended, uh, you know, with like sparklers in your shoes. But overall, that pay-per-view just bored me. The main event took too damn long. Uh, what the hell did you bring in Taya Valkyrie for if this was gonna be the the payoff? You know, like what's happening to start? The pay per view?
3: No, 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 The um the main event.
2: I think it started with forty five minutes left in the pay per view.
3: So, so we're talking. It it started at about nine forty five Central Time, something like that. Something like that. That is, that is late. And it went
2: twenty seven (laughs) minutes. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and there were a lot of moments during that main event. I'm like, this is too. It's too much. You put too much out there, but not enough cameramen or camera women, to actually film this stuff. And of course, we knew Moxley was going to bleed. Of course, the Bucks were going to do something weird. And then Blackpool Combat Club won, and I'm just like,
3: and? You know so, what I hate about the AEW hardcore matches? Mm-hmm. Is that they're like PG-13 cuts of an R-rated movie.
2: Thank you. When <laughs> you really,
3: like, and, and, then, the and again, if you don't have the stomach for deathmatch wrestling or anything like that, then cool, watch AEW, and that can be your ceiling. As a person that watches and enjoys uh, the spectacle that is Deathmatch Wrestling, it, it, it that's what it feels like. It, it feels yeah. like a, a PG-13 uh, cut of an R-rated movie where you really want them to go not necessarily completely far over the line. You know, this isn't 1995. New Jack is dead. I get it. But it's just like, this is... This isn't it. This isn't what you're saying that it is. This is like a Beyond Burger. Uh, you, you're trying to convince me wow. that it's something that it really isn't. And if it's not that, then sell it as something else. But don't tell me that this is anarchy, and this is hardcore. This is lights out, which they had a lights out match, but they didn't call it lights out. So, sure. But either way, it's just it's just it's an odd thing, and it always leaves a a, a taste in my a bad taste in my mouth. Like I, this is not real. This is like goat's milk. Like this is not what you <laughs> think it is, even though they're selling it or, or something else. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the damnedest thing. But yeah, um, there's no way I would stand up till 11:30 uh, to watch the, the the end of the pay per view. And to be honest with you, that's when I tapped out because uh, the match before that was the four way uh, pillars match, and I don't care about right. that. Right. Um, and then I and I can't sit through a Moxley match. So it ended well for me. <laughs> that I got a smooth hour back and went straight to bed.
0: But- <laughs> yeah, I saw the early part of double or nothing. I think I yeah. came in uh for the Jeff Jarrett match cuz that's what I was most interested in. I saw the Jarrett match and then I watched uh what was after that. After that was the Wardlow match. It wasn't that one. There was something else I took a good look at on there. Oh, the J- Jade and um her match. Jade, Jade, and that whole segment, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that separately because there was like, you know, I'll, we want to compare and contrast some stuff involving the women this weekend. So we'll That's do a separate segment on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were the two big parts I watched. And then once they got to the Pillars match, I was like, I didn't have any interest in that match to begin with. So I sat that out and I was like, by that point, I was starting to get tired and I came back. I was like, you know what? I'll Let me see the beginning of this spectacle they're going to do at the end. And I think I made it through two goes around of a wild thing by that mm. damn band. Oh <laughs> my tw-
2: God. I almost <laughs> and, forgot about that. And <laughs>
0: a- after hearing it twice, I was like, you know, I think I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, time to get some sleep. It's been a long weekend and I can still have another day off on Monday. And I that's where I tapped out was after about two renditions, a wild thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good there. Um, now, going all the way back to Sellers, I mean, obviously, on the Saudi show, the the advancement in the bloodline story is the biggest thing coming out of that, where it's like, right. my God, the, the Usos finally made a move. So that was huge, and you know, we're still sitting here in the aftermath of that. Nothing will happen until SmackDown tomorrow night to see how they follow up on that. But that Jimmy threw the gauntlet down and then put an exclamation point on it. We're like, no, we're really doing this. I'm doing what you should have done ages ago. So that yeah, I mean that was coming out of that show, it was just like, oh my god. They're 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 turning the next page in the bloodline story. And it feels like it's the right time because Lord knows since mania it's been kind of stagnant. We've been waiting for that next shoe to drop. Now the next shoe is dropped. So we're setting up the summer nicely with what's going on there. Oh, and, god, and I'd be remiss coming off of last week's show if we don't mention Sammy Zayn. on that show was a king
2: man yes my god well we
0: were on the whole talk last week about could they be planting seeds for something could they be setting up for down the road in saudi for a crowning moment for him well if they do it that crowd's gonna have a hell of a time with it because he was just as over on that show as he was in toronto back in february he was over huge so if they play that out crab's idea from last week about uh roman reigns and Sami Zayn, possibly in October. If the pieces fit for me, everything on that show made it look like it could happen. So, who knows? Um, Which show am I leaving now? Battleground. Right. On Battleground, obviously, I saw a lot of people saying the Dijak and Ilya Dragunov match was like the match of the weekend. Oof. Yeah, I know. We crab it once again. Mentioned that last weekend. It might steal the weekend. And I saw a lot of people saying that. So, that definitely delivered... Um, Breaker and Carmelo was great as always. Uh Tiffany Stratton getting the crowd. I like that they made her champ. It feels to me, it feels like the right time. I don't think it's too early, like Damien said. I think it's kind of sink or swim time for her to take that next step. And hey, it's developmental. Someone needs to be champ. May as well be her at this point. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what happens with that. But there was a lot of good wrestling last weekend. For sure. I agree with that sentiment. So I think in the end, of course, it becomes, like you said, the, the, the overall sentiment. I don't know. Those three shows, which show won? In some ways, I think the NXT show probably bell a bell probably mm. was the most consistent. Of course, obviously, it was a mm-hmm. shorter show. Fewer matches. Uh, the Saudi show is probably the most newsworthy show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I got to go with what Crab was saying earlier. As far as like the most inconsistent show out of them. I'd say it's got to be double or nothing. It had like a couple high points here and there, but the lows on double or nothing were lower than a lot of stuff on the other shows that, that Jamie hater segment was just like, Ooh, that was rough. That was rough. So injury or not Um, sell us. uh, I don't know. Of what you saw, which show are you
1: giving the nod to? I, I, I'll give it tonight to champions too, and let's not forget we haven't even talked about Seth Rollins. Um, just oh. having him of an opening match and having a new world title. Uh, with that's on the Raw side now, the world heavyweight title. The match of him and AJ Styles was was not a sleeper. It was a good match, and if you follow, you know, uh, Seth Rollins' early career, you've seen early stages where. AJ Styles really looked out for him In doing those early matches While he was in TNA um, Being able to go and, and just seeing how The transition now It's like a passing of the torch In a way on a very low end Of how Seth has now Kind of blessed I mean, I mean, excuse me, AJ has blessed Seth about how good of a wrestler he is for that. And that moment was definitely worth it. Had Triple H coming out there to give the seal of approval. Um, and then, of course, with the title change on the women's Raw women's title, it, it, it was a very solid show. I, I'm, I was a huge fan of Night of Champions and what took place. All right, Damien, you're right. Your thought
2: Night of Champions one, Battleground two, double or nothing
0: three. I agree. No All no. right. Giant crab, is that you, you going with that breakdown like you were saying earlier, you're gonna switch it up?
3: Um yeah, I, I would because I only watch bits and pieces of every show. Uh, yeah. I, I would say that it was uh, Dragunov, uh versus um uh die Jack um was number one. I think the blackjack battle royal was number two. And um and and then you had um what was the what was the thing? The Night of Champions. It was uh Roman versus in uh, The tag match in the end. Yeah, the main event. The main event. Yeah. yeah, there you go.
0: So, I think the big takeaway is, like you were saying at the beginning,
3: there was a lot of damn
0: good stuff last mm-hmm. weekend. So mm-hmm. if anything held, there was variety. There's a lot of stuff out there to check out. And, you know, even if one, one show wasn't your bag, you had others to choose from. So, hey, not a bad position to be in. Lots of options out there. So, all right. I think it's halftime. We'll hit the halftime break here. We come back. I think we're going to have Indie Spotlight this week, right? We're going to have Indie Spotlight. And then we'll talk about the ladies from last weekend because some gold was dropped, some streaks were ended. And was it the right time to do it? Was it the right place? And where do we go from here? So, all that after the break. Stay with us, folks. Your big old belt wrestling podcast is back right after this.
2: Are you a fan of all things media? Are you a fan of professional wrestling and sports? Then you need to check out Big Gold Belt Media. We're the ultimate destination for all things entertainment and media, with the latest news, interviews, and analysis from the world of the aforementioned entertainment realm. Our team of dedicated journalists and analysts will bring you exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. And we're not just an online destination. We attend live events, conventions, bringing you behind-the-scenes access and exclusive content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Plus, you can show your support for our brand by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com/biggoldbelt. Join the Big Gold Belt media community today and stay ahead of the game. Follow us all our social media platforms at Big Gold Belt for the latest updates and exclusive content. Whether you're a diehard wrestling, sports, nerd culture fan or just a casual, like some people, Big Gold Belt Media has everything you're going to need to stay informed and entertained. So what are you waiting for? Check us out today at BigGoldBelt.com. That's BigGoldBelt.com.
0: Yes, indeed. BigGoldBelt.com. And on Thursday nights here on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, we always like to check in with what's happening on the indies. So here's Giant Crab with the Indie Wrestling Spotlight.
3: Yep. So this week, uh, we have this so up. There's one company, Spark Joshi Wrestling, and they are doing two shows. One show is June 11th. Uh, that is in uh, the Harbour Room at Newark, New Jersey. The other show is January 16th out there in uh, West Covina, California, at the East San Gabriel Valley Japanese Community Center. Now, the deal is, is that they are a uh, pro wrestling you know, organization that, Features Japanese women's professional wrestling. Uh, one of the big matches that caught my eye for the Newark show is uh, Miyu Yamashita versus Rachel Ellerin and Maki Ooh. Ito versus Brittany Blake. Uh-huh. Sounds good. And then they're going to turn it around at the end of the week, and then they're going to you know, Miyu is going out to the West Coast to face De Doom, Ram Kaicho versus Saki Miyu uh, Maki Ito versus Jada Chang, uh, Sumi Sakai, who. If you don't know who she is, you don't understand how hideously important she is to spreading Japanese uh, and Joshi Pro Wrestling in the U.S. Sumi Sakai is the, is the invisible hand um, yes. that is that is pulling all the strings, uh, integrating Japanese women into the American scene. So you have her to think, But she's going to be facing Kid Bandit at the uh, show out there in the L.A. area in West Covina. Both of those are from Spark Joshi Pro Wrestling, and that's June 11th in Newark. Uh, that's which is Sunday, and then that's Friday, June sixteenth in West Covina, California. That's in the L- L.A. area. Uh, both of those shows you can find information on at sparkjoshi.com. Um, you can get your tickets on Eventbrite, but the links are through sparkjoshi.com. So both of those shows look pretty damned interesting. The other show that is that I'm very interested in, and I might have to sneak down there, is June eighteenth. That will be a Sunday, the Sunday before Juneteenth, which is a federal holiday, uh, the newest federal holiday. Uh, that's DPW, Deadlock Pro Wrestling. They're doing their uh, Spring Tag Festival, and that's big because we were talking about uh, Joshi Wrestling. The Magical Sugar Rabbits are in the tournament. It's a tag team tournament that they're doing. And Yukasa Kazaki and Mizuki, uh, one of my favorite tag teams in the world right now. Uh, Best Bros, another favorite tag team of mine you're uh, out there. Andrew Everett and Miyu Takase is another one. Uh, Jay Malachi and Jackson Drake, uh, who I've seen on Dark. Rest in peace, Dark. Um, they're another team in the Tag Team Festival. So that looks like a hell of a show down there in Durham, North Carolina at the Durham Armory. It's a uh, Deadlock Pro Wrestling's Tag Team Festival 2023 in Durham, North Carolina. Tickets start at 20 bucks. You can get them at Eventbrite, but follow the links on their uh, Twitter. Use uh, DPW at DPW Pro or Wrestling on the Twitter machine, uh, deadlockpro.com. And that's the Indie Spotlight for this week.
0: Awesome, awesome. Summertime's coming, and the Indies are heating up, so get to a show in your area. They're happening all over the place, so lots of good wrestling to see out there in person on the Indies. All right, the one thing we didn't touch on from last weekend that was a common theme between Night of Champions and Double or Nothing is we had two ladies who had gold for a long time, one with an undefeated streak, one with being champion for over a year, and they both lost and dropped their titles last weekend. Of course, I'm talking about Jade Cargill on Double or Nothing and Bianca Belair on a Night of Champions. Jade Cargill, of course, was 60-0 and 0 with the undefeated streak since she showed up in AEW, and Bianca Belair has been champ, God, since, was it last WrestleMania, I think? Yeah. that had to be when she won the belt, yep. the Raw title. So, just over a year for her, and they both dropped their titles. Jade lost to uh, Chris Statlander in her surprising return, and then Bianca Belair dropped the title to Asuka over in Saudi Arabia. So, two title changes, and I know we touched on the Asuka one earlier. Davian was definitely calling that shot last week, and a lot of us were kind of like, it feels like it might be the time, and that was a WrestleMania rematch, but... I think that there's a double, there's two things here. It's one, it's interesting that it happened to both of them the same weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, you know, they're synced up like that. Yep. And since they both had the same story going of like long time, you know, champions, one of them undefeated for both of them. I think the thing becomes now, where do they go? Where do they go? And was this the right time to do it? I'll start and just quickly say, I think it was absolutely the right time. Jade, especially. Cause I think for a while now, it's just been like, her being undefeated, I think, was hurting her more than it helped her. Indeed. Because it was just limiting what she could do in the ring, limiting the people she could have a match matches with. Because clearly there are some people they just weren't going to put her in there with. Because they just didn't want her having those matches yet, or having them having to eat a loss, or whatever. So it, I think it opens up things for her. So it was long overdue, I think, in Jade's respect. Bianca... I think it's kind of sort of the same situation where, for me, it's just she needs some new opponents. She needs something different. She needs something to spice it up. And she's just been champion for so long, and it's just like, all right, we need something different out of her. I, a lot of people are saying, oh, she should turn heel. I don't know about that part. But it's time to see her in a different light, and hopefully this is going to be that. Um Let's go to Damian first, since he was dead. he was way into that Oscar deal with Oscar getting the belt and Oscar with her new edge and all that. So I don't know. Uh, thoughts on Bianca first, since you you really want Oscar to get that win, and then let's hear about uh what are you think about Jade's uh change that happened.
2: Okay, so I'll I'll start with a blanket statement and saying I think the big problem with both of them is that they both got stale as champions. Um, they were becoming very stale. Um, I, I, a lot of people were saying that Bianca's turning, was turning into the Rocky, my V of the women's division where it's like, okay, all right, enough. All right. Sure. Smiley baby face. Like, uh, like Rodriguez does, but I, I knew that they were going to pull the trigger on this eventually, but I'm I'm actually relieved. They did it overseas, uh, because I don't know how that would have tested well in, in the States because Bianca's well-loved, well appreciated by especially by my young children and families so I don't think we want to see 10,000 kids crying if Bianca lost to Asuka so doing it over in Saudi Arabia I think felt right uh, especially when you recently turned Asuka heel and you can't have her lose to Bianca twice after turning her back into old school Kana um, and now she has this fresh take like you said Will What this does for me, for Bianca, this sets up long-term, since we're talking about long-term booking, her and Rhea, they're going to cross paths now. Ah. We don't need to worry about a belt for Bianca. You said fresh opponents. That is who I think long-term, because they've always had those passing moments where they look at each other, they'll make a comment. A couple years ago, they were the last two in the Rumble. We can finally build to that match, which a lot of people call it the, the female per, uh, version of Rock and Stone Cold. I don't think it's that, but I, I like the thought of them two having a long-term rivalry. So I think that's what this sets up. Uh, as far as Jade's concerned, I, I, I've, told it, I've told it to people before, Statlander was always supposed to be the person to dethrone her. It just so happens that Statlander's knees are like paper mache some days. And she was out twice for knee injuries. Uh, I said in the first segment, why did we bring in Taya? If this was what we were going to do to her, we're going to have her lose twice clean to Jade. Like what was the point of bringing someone that world renowned? But like you said, well, she needed people to work with that were Mm. like, I don't want to say that could carry her, but people that knew what the hell they were doing. So the match would go pretty much without any kind of hiccups. But it was always supposed to be Statlander. And it just took longer than anticipated. I honestly think if she doesn't get injured, that undefeated streak ends a long time ago. Maybe at 50 or 45, but not where we were then. And I think this helps out Jay because now she gets to beat up everybody and not have to worry about defending a title. Because she doesn't need the belt. We talked about this prior. She's a superstar with or without this title. She has a presence... Does, she doesn't need the belt to have a presence or to be the face of AEW. And I know we use this term, the pillars, all the time. But there's like secondary pillars or, or foundation, as as Ricky Stark said. She's one of them. She's part of the foundation of, of AEW. So the loss doesn't hurt her. It just helps in the long term. All
1: right. Sell us. Get in here next. <laughs> so, and, and you kind of hit it on the nail, too. Which was stale is a key word but when it comes to Jade I was just very worried because it's like you put yourself in the corner it's like what do you do and in a way you cannot have her go into a 15 minute match being 60 and 0 like that and then lose clean you have to do it in a way because in a way Goldberg had the same situation how do you get this belt off him you have to do it in a screwy way which still makes him strong but the next thing is how do you keep on giving Jade some credit of building where she is even if she doesn't have the title for Bianca, it it was interesting to me because I think with her being stale, I think it's time for her to go heal, and I think it's also time for you know the whole group, you know the whole to go heal too, because with with Montez, you know I, I think he should become a heel, things of that nature, and I'm wondering how it's going to go on SmackDown where he goes against LA Knight, or what's that going to be? Because you see LA Knight is ascending to the face territory, so are you going to have a little double switch depending on who you put in Money in the Bank? Um, But with Bianca, I don't think she was becoming still as a champion, but you just had repeated opponents that you know she was going to win. I think this is a perfect opportunity like Damian said, do it overseas because you're not sure what that reaction will be, but it's going to be already behind itself when you bring it back to the States and see what happens. Do you have Bianca Chase? Do you change your character? Um, I think it was the right call to happen for both of these, but it was just very ironic that it happened at the same time during the same right. weekend with the same type of wrestlers. So I, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But the biggest thing is if you have them lose the belt, how do you continue their story where they can still be strong in the top women wrestlers in their divisions for their respective brands as they move forward?
3: Giant crab. Uh, was it the
0: right time?
3: <laughs> I can't speak on uh, Bianca Belair because flat out I just don't watch. But I will say what I will say about Jade is that it's it's been time. Yeah. And, it, and it's not Jade's fault. Let's just let's just be clear. Um, this isn't a matter of... and Because what I'm hearing from you guys is that maybe Bianca was a little bit long with a tooth. Uh, she ran out of opponents. She just ran out of steam. It fills it out. Uh, I think AEW for lack of a better phrase, gave up on Jane. Oh, uh, they crazy. didn't have much for her to do. She When she tried to get things going, she had the baddie section. That was a thing. Then they kind of regressed from that. Uh, then she went and brought in uh, Hogan and uh, Layla Gray. Well, Kiara Hogan uh, left that group. Uh, Red Velvet we haven't seen since. Uh, she turned face, and then she turned face in the Shadow Realm, so don't know what's happening with her. I hope she's okay. But it's been her and Layla Gray who's been really considered an afterthought um, in that in that whatever the, the remnants of that stable is. So it just didn't seem to have any direction. It really didn't seem to have anything behind it. And then, of course, when everybody else is involved in uh, a bigger feud or a, 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 an involved storyline with whatever they have going on, there's nobody left for her. Britt's busy. Jamie's busy. Uh, you know, uh, what's what's the uh, girl Ruby Stoho is busy. All six of them are busy, and then you have Willow. Well, she's a champion in, in Ring of Honor. Athena's doing Ring of Honor stuff. They're busy. Uh, everybody's tied up. So who's left to play with Jade? Nyla Rose. Well, they cut Elevation, so no rest in peace, Elevation. So they didn't they didn't really do anything, and they kind of, to be honest with you, just supplanted Jade's uh, run as champion with the other major women's storylines that they had going on, there was really just nothing for her. Uh, she just kind of felt her, found herself on the outside looking in, which is really unfortunate, considering that even as champion, just have her defend the belt. I mean, at the very least, just have her defend the belt. She didn't show up on Dynamite for weeks at a time. And they were supposed to care that she's 60 and 0? Uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. And and other people have that same Uh, character arc going on. Max Freeman doesn't wrestle every week. He's only defended the belt three or four times. But yet his championship run definitely seems more uh, impactful than Jade's does. And Jade's the first ever champion of that belt. So why is that? Why is there such a disconnect between uh, her and, and, for lack of a better word, bad championship run where it's just like, please get the belt off of her. Let her go do something else. That belt is more Uh, it's more of a weight on her than it is of of a a belt on her. It's more of a burden than it is uh, something of prestige. Just let somebody else take it. Please take the pain away. And it doesn't have to be that way because she's 60-0 and and it doesn't feel like that's important. So it's unfortunate. Yes, it was the right time for Jade to lose the belt because AEW gave up on the run. And to be honest with you, why in the blue hell did they have to wait for Statlander to be the one to take it from her when they brought in so many other people? I don't know where Deeb is, but for whatever reason, she couldn't have been champion. I don't know, you know, why they brought in Taya for her to just do that and then seemingly turn heel, I guess, because she watches TV menacingly uh, in the back. Sure, maybe that's the thing. And then, of course, all of the other indie talent that they have floating around in and out of there, like you know, musical chairs, they just did nothing with it. They just let it slide and dropped the ball and forgot about it. And and it's and it's really unfortunate um, when realistically, Jade could have just won two belts. None of the people that are the women's champion or vying for the women's champion actually need the belt anyway. If you wanted to build Jade up, Jade two belts was the move that they could have made last year. And then they could have, They and that's how you, because her loss would then have been more impactful. And because, well, they did it with Goldberg. He won the U.S. Championship. Now it was time for him to win the world championship. And when he lost the world championship, oh, shit, that was a moment. So I'm not saying the Jade Berg, you know, 2023 movement should have happened. but I am saying is that they, the what they wind up doing was arguably the worst thing they could have done barring an injury. And then they give it to, um, you know, the Tegan Knox of AEW and, and, and hand hopefully, hopefully, you know, no uh, ill will against Kristen Statlander. But I hope that she can hold up her end of the bargain. And obviously, that's what she was wanting to. See. Nobody wants to blow out both knees before 35. But here we are. I hope it goes well. But now the question is will they remember Jade? And I'm not convinced the way she was rather unceremoniously parted from the belt where does she go from here she has no group she you know lost a lot of steam with the belt just being the belt now they have to build the belt back up and now they have to build jade back up where where do they where's the room to do that well collision luckily will be started in two weeks so maybe that's the thing that they have they have to do there but they, they need to, they they got to get her dance partners. They got to start from scratch, basically, and they shouldn't have to. So, yeah, unfortunately, it was long overdue. But the, the problem that I have is if they can do it to Jade, who built herself up from virtually nothing, then what are they going to do to the next person that they just get tired of? So I hope Statlander has a plan B. Because if when plan A dries up, she will need to fall back on that.
0: Mm. No, it's a, it's a good point because, I mean, especially with this where they did a streak storyline. It's like, if you're going to do a streak and especially if you're going to ha- add a belt to the streak on top of that, eventually it has to become if there's another belt out there it has to become, I'm beating everyone for this one. I'm beating everyone that's coming at me. I want the other belt. I mean, it's the elephant in the room becomes, why isn't she going for the, especially in a situation like this where the TBS women's title is not the AEW women's title. There's a bigger women's title there. Right. And it was just an elephant in the room that was never being addressed. Why is she, she beats everybody. Why is she ever going to call out the AEW women's champion? It was just, uh, we or don't want to, to do that. Yeah. For anybody, RO, ROH champion, anybody, anybody. Or, or
3: go to Japan or go to Mexico or something instead of just have her do nothing for a month. So, and then of yeah. course, all of loose ends, where is red velvet? Where is Kiara Hogan? Where is uh, where is Deeb? Where is uh, and will Layla Gray actually get back to wrestling? Uh, You know, what does that look like? You know, she I know that she's paired with Mark Sterling. Will she just join the embassy or the firm or whatever the hell they call themselves now? I mean, will Jay be a varsity athlete like. Like, why, why is this even a conversation when you have a person that you built up so high? Like that, that's ridiculous to me. But
0: I think that really sums it up. I think that sums it up. She's definitely we talked about when they had their uh, the press conference for collision, they had her on the upfronts there for the media as the TBS women's champion as like a face of the company. Mm -hmm. So they're holding her in this high esteem and putting her in like a mainstream position like that to be like, Hey, check out this face that you've never seen anywhere else except on our show. And, you know, she looks like a superhero and, you know, has a totally unique, super marketable look. But then it's like, if you don't know what to do with that, it's like the shine can come off it really quickly. And that's where I think the danger they're in right now is I hope Tony's got a plan because the luster can come off really fast, especially with someone who doesn't have that experience that positions he's in. So all right, a- any other thoughts before we move on on this deal between her and Bianca or anything?
1: Don't good at mine.
0: <laughs> all right. Enough about the ladies, enough about all that. I guess let's move to our last major topic of the night before we see if we have anything else to throw in. So of course, we've been talking about the Collision show and the big announcement this week now. No longer a rumor, we know it's happening. Tony dropped the least biggest bombshell last night and revealed (laughs) yes it's happening cm punk will return on collision in chicago no more details are than that but it's no longer speculation we know it's happening what was interesting to me is after it was announced and this morning as i kind of looked to see how the response was i found the response very split Mm. very like Almost down the middle, it seemed like. Anywhere I looked, it was like you had people who were like, all right, I've been waiting for him to come back. Cool. And then you got the other people who are just like, nah, this is stupid. He shouldn't be brought back. He caused too much trouble. This is going to blow up in their face again. And it seems like there's the two camps, the one or the other. Either you love it or you hate it, which in a lot of ways, I guess that kind of sums up CM Punk's career in a lot of different aspects. Either you love him or you hate him, but... Coming out of all this drama, that was kind of the temperature I got today, that there's a very split feeling on what this means for Collision, what this means for AEW, and whether this is good or bad or, I guess, indifferent. Compared to, you know, I'm looking back to when he first showed up, where it was treated as like, oh my God, historic moment. He's returning to wrestling after all these years. But um, this has a very different vibe. Coming out of that. Um, Damien, what, what, what where are you? I don't know how much of this you've seen in the last 24 hours since it just happened last night, but I guess now that we know it's real, now that we know it's happening, yay, nay, indifferent. W- 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 what's your feeling on this?
2: That one indifferent. Uh <laughs> and, and a lot of it is strictly because this saga has been played out for so long like a bad Indeed. soap opera on the WB. Indeed. And I'm, I was just over it. And we talked about this here in the show. If they don't bring them back, if they do bring them back, how do you bring them back? CM Punk and Friends. It's just, it was just so much. And it ended, like I said before, like a wet fart in church. Just nothing. It, it brought no reaction from me at all. Am I going to sit home on Saturday night and watch me some CM Punk? No. I mean, that's the, I'm not the demographic for that, apparently. But it just doesn't move, to borrow the phrase, move the needle. I just don't care. And, and I'm not trying to sound like crab. like here's why I don't care. It's just been played out for so long and teased for so long, will he, won't he, the payoff doesn't even matter anymore. What I'm more interested in is what other talents are going to collision, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the show. Beside Thunder Rose and Miro, who else is going to join the CM Punk and Friends bandwagon over on the Banish channel? So we'll see. That's the only intriguing thing to me. Uh, will champions defend on both shows? Like, how are they going to play with those sets of rules for both shows? That's all. That's all I care about.
1: Sell us. Where are you? Yay, they yeah. are indifferent. So I'm going to go indifferent again. And actually, Damian, <laughs> you took everything I wanted to say. Like, literally, I was going to pull one of the Krabby's like, do I care about this <laughs> and so I mean I mean, I mean we got to give you your props on this because this is your your thing but like I, I don't care um it's like with punk like like Damien said we've seen the story time and the time of WWE we've seen it in the aew okay if you're showing up cool, put on the show. If you're leaving, get the hell out. We don't need to right. see it that anymore. It's like, it's we're tired of it. The world doesn't revolve around CM Punk. If this was back in 2008, 2009, I may have more care in this situation for it. I mean, I'm even going back to the straight-edge society. Give me that CM Punk and get over anything. But now, it doesn't matter to me. It, it's, it's something that is it's, it's drug out. And if this is what AEW is trying to clam on, as far as holding C, uh, A, uh, CM Punk as being your marquee person to say, come watch us because CM Punk is coming, you're going to be in trouble.
3: So so here's the problem that I have. And and I, though I don't disagree with you all because you guys stole my bit. Um, Gimmick the, infringement. Sorry, the, the, right. the biggest thing is, I don't blame CM Punk for how the internet refuses to drop it. Correct. And that, that's not on him. Uh the fact that this is still relevant is because people won't shut up about it.
2: Yep. Well, there no are other interesting a-
3: right. There are other interesting aspects of the show. Um Kevin Nash, uh, you know, he had a point. Will this become AEW Thunder? Because they barely have enough time or no actually, they barely have enough story for the amount of time they have on TV now. Uh, Dynamite is usually overbooked and cramped and Rampage feels like an afterthought and people argue that's because of a shitty time slot. Well, this is Saturday at 8 o'clock. Arguably a worse time slot because who the hell is going to be home at Saturday at 8 o'clock during the middle of summer? Now, that notwithstanding, what is the reason for me to watch this show? And that's more of a show thing. Uh, Not just necessarily who's going to be on it. Will it look differently than Dynamite? Will Khan just run three shows and have uh, Ring of Honor be behind the paywall playing by themselves? Will a Collision be unto itself? Uh, you know, and that's what it is. Will Collision be SmackDown or will it be Thunder? You know, that's that's the that's the intrigue for me. Are is there any one wrestler that's a selling point for a show? Well, other than QT Marshall, uh, God's Gift of Wrestling, and Nikita Lyons. Uh, there's no one that would make me watch a show. Those are really the only two. So the fact CM Punk can't sell a show to me, um, that just is what it is. But I don't blame him because the internet won't shut up about it. That's not his fault. That's not on him, you know, to sell the show to people. And because the internet won't show to us, uh, won't shut up about it. Khan has to sell the show. So what is he going to sell the show as? Well, he's gonna show the, sell the show as the things that the people won't shut up about. So for those that go, oh god, here we go again. Enough with CM Punk. Who are you talking to? Are you talking to Khan or Are you talking to Twitter? Mm. Because that's I think a lot of that angst is misdirected. Because it's not like Khan, Oh, no, it's not like punk is going on every single you know podcast. To, he ain't coming on our podcast talking about how he can't wait to get back. The invitation <sighs> is always out there. But the bottom line is that we really haven't heard too much from him. I didn't know he could walk until last week, but you know here and but here we are. But now the people are hanging. There are those that are hanging on his every word, and people are mad at them for hanging on their every word, and now they hate everything. So, so which is it? And and and, and again, the bigger overarching point is, uh, you can vote with your wallet and you can vote with your remote. If you do not like it, if CM Punk is that bad to you, then don't fucking watch it. It's Saturday night. If you're if you have a Saturday night and the only thing that you're concerned about is, it, I'm either going to do nothing, or I'm going to watch this wrestling show that I'm going to hate because the guy I hate is on it. Then your Saturday night was fucked from the beginning. You need a new plan, because my Saturday doesn't hinge on what CM Punk if CM Punk shows up in Chicago. Correct. It's not it's not that serious. Um, but there are questions about the show that I want to know. Is it going to be an hour or two? Because I think an hour, a one-hour show really just doesn't work. No, um, I two think hours you need 90 minutes to two hours um, to make it a thing. Uh, you know, and, and there's another story that I, I want to get to you know, very quickly, but I'll wrap my uh, original point up with this is I think that it's important to see if you're mad, why you're mad. And, and understand and come to terms with why you are actually angsty about the CM Punk and Friends show. And, and understand that a lot of the onus really is on the fans. for Good or bad, the fans are talking about it. And that's in wrestling, what sells? Uh, you know, as long as people are talking, they're going to keep shoveling into your face. So just don't look as the Simpsons once said and wrote a song about. It, it has to happen that way. But real quickly, the other story that I did want to um, uh, bring up is that Tony Khan did an interview with um, Gavin Bridge, a part of the Monaco Streaming Film Festival. And I think it was an interesting prospect that he was talking about something called F.A.S.T. And F.A.S.T. is an acronym that starts that stands for Free Ad Sense uh, Television. So basically, it's like one of those streaming-only channels of a particular show that you may see on like Samsung TV+, Plus, mm. um, the Kitchen Nightmares channel, the Impact Wrestling channel. Uh, okay. the America's Funniest Home Videos channel. Mm. Khan thinks that the fast format could work for AEW, not necessarily giving them a um, their own streaming platform that they would have to build from the ground up from, a, from an internet infrastructure perspective. They would just have a channel on Roku, Samsung TV, LG TV, and the like to just stream content 24/7 right. in the same way that the original WWE 24/7 channel was with the crescent moon uh, deal before the network came about mm. and i think as it would be a, an ad supported channel as you just you're, he just wants his own cable channel to stream his other things and it's uh, Sinclair Broadcasting did that with um tr- uh, thriller tv or uh crunchyroll has a channel and, and so on a lot of a lot of Content uh, creators are doing that. Tastemaker is one of those. And I think he may be on to something. I'm not going to go back to watch Dynamite number one to Dynamite number 150 uh, in in consecutive order. But if I know that I wanted to watch something and and I'm interested in AEW, for example, I can just pop on that channel and see where Mm -hmm. they are and go, hey, Dynamite 89 from this city at this time. I remember that show. I watch for half an hour, and of course, which includes commercial breaks, which is what sells, um, it it is a thing. And because it's a network, uh, they could air live content, Ring of Honor, Collision maybe, or whatever, uh, the house shows that they're doing out there, which is going to be this weekend, um, Saturday and Sunday. Um, It could be an an actual outlet for people that just want on-demand AEW content without the infrastructure of building their own network. They don't have to play with uh, um, the Turners about it. But they also don't have to spend the capital and the resources to build their own network where they can just stream a channel. So I I, I kind of like that. Obviously, we're not going to get Dynamite on there. We're not going to get a pay-per-view on there. But I do right. like the idea where if, I just, if it's 2 in the morning and I'm up and I just got finished mm-hmm. watching rugby and, I, and I'm not ready to go to bed yet, I can just turn on AEW uh, streaming network on my you know Google TV mm-hmm. and watch whatever the content yeah. is or not
0: yeah. those channels for me are like your perfect like background viewing If you're working on something and you throw on one of those streaming channels where it's like, okay, there's nothing but Kitchen Nightmares on. I just need something on the background. Ninja Turtle Channel. Look at it. Exactly. That's that's what those channels are for me. It's like that is my background viewing where it's like I want something on, but I'm not going to be devoting all my attention to it. But I'm going to look over at it, you know, every couple minutes just to kind of see what's going on.
3: Yeah, I I I don't want to invest in the the time to, to to search for a thing like Disney Plus. But I just want something right now. Whatever it is, I'm good with. Let's just go with it. I And then, of course, if you want to do a live thing, you can just program it, and then the live show will be the live show.
2: Yeah, you or you can premiere
3: it. a show at the time that you want to premiere it, like Ring of Honor did. Mm-hmm. They would premiere their shows on the Sinclair uh, uh, mm-hmm. suite of channels, and then it would air in Baltimore and at 10 and, and here and, and there and everywhere. But I think that could quietly be something that is of interest. And then, of course they can easily distribute it around the world because you don't Absolutely. have to necessarily go. You can just talk to TV makers for their, and add it to their streaming service platform yep. versus individual cable companies. Yep. The carrier network. Absolutely.
0: Thing. Absolutely. They're, they're, I mean, those things are only getting more uh, prolific and more yeah. out there. So that's going to, I th- to me, it seems like it'd be a pretty low cost investment because essentially exactly. you're just you're just filling up a server with stuff you've already filmed and just right. making a like, you know, inserting commercials into it. And that's right. it. So it, it, it can't be that involved on like the back end, I would think.
3: Right. And because it's just a thing that's kind of just everywhere, everybody's seeing it at the same time. Um, you can put it everywhere. Uh, so it could be just streaming on your PlayStation, Xbox, Switch. Mm-hmm. It would just be like the Netflix app, except it's just the Netflix movie channel that just shows movies twenty four seven, in exception for the live premiered programming at a particular time, uh, Sunday at eight or whatever it would be. I, I'm not mad at it, and if and if it were a thing, that I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I would necessarily subscribe to it because why would I watch old stuff when new stuff premieres every Wednesday? Um, but yeah, I'd be down for uh, an AEW network. Mm-hmm. Uh, for lack of a better word, I think that would be kind of just like a slick way to just get more eyes on product in general, mm-hmm. and to get into into more places because you may not have cable, but you have a PlayStation. Well, download exactly. it on the PlayStation app. You may or Xbox or whatever PC, you know, whatever. Just get the app.
0: Right, or you bought a new TV or a Roku and it's on there. This is part yeah. of their platform. If you bought a twenty twenty three
3: Samsung, it's there.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. It ain't going to hurt. It's easy distribution. Yeah, I I can't see any downside to it. So I don't think that's not a bad idea, Tony. Tony got some modern ideas here for ways to get the product out there. So, hey,
3: because nobody wants Ring of Honor and I have no idea why.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anything he could do that could get that from out behind the paywall of honor would only help. (laughs) Because don't nobody I know have that thing. (laughs) Well, I know what the show
3: title is going (laughs) to be. (laughs) a wall
0: of honor i think we used it before when they first announced the show so we we might have already crossed that
3: one off the list yeah that might have happened
0: yeah all right folks we made it to our hour another week with your big old belt wrestling podcast every thursday night 8 p.m streaming live here on youtube twitch on twitter you name it on social media platforms dropping the next day in podcast form and of course can always be found at big Gold Belt on all social media platforms and BigGoldBelt.com. I did not forget all the plugs this week. I made sure to get the website in there, made sure to get the social media. But every Thursday night, 8 p.m., we are here. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week to talk more wrestling and whatever the latest news is. So until then, take care, and we will talk to you later. Oh, but I really need that Big old Belt.